sing that this morning. Emily's gonna sing. We worship you.
Wow, wow, my heart is full, and it's because we get to worship a loving God who came to be with us. That thought just resonated in my heart and my mind. He came to be with me and with you, and so it's good, good to worship that God tonight. Uh, Good to worship alongside of each and every one of you. Welcome to Christian Assembly. My name is Marvin. Good, good, good to be with you today. Uh, If you are new or visiting, we love that you are here. We want to get to know you. We want to follow up with you. We want to tell you about our church. So please help us to identify you. Um, You can do that by grabbing the connection card. That's in the seat back in front of you. Grab that card, fill that out, drop it in the offering bag. Someone on our staff team is going to call you this week. We just want to get to know you. We want to love on you. We want to pray for you. We want to get to know you as well, hear your story. Um, There's a new people's table. That's out in the lobby back here. You can stop by that new people's table. We have a a free gift for you tonight as a way of saying thank you for being with us. And we want to welcome you if you're joining us online. Thank you so much for joining us and for being with us uh, tonight as well. Well, uh, this week we've spent some time beautifying our campus for Christmas. Can you tell? Does it look good? Yeah. And we are excitedly preparing for Christmas services here at Christmas, uh, Christian Assembly. Our Christmas candlelight services are going to be happening Saturday, December 23rd, and Sunday, December 24th. Are you excited? 
I'm excited, and it sounds like you're excited. We're going to be uh, just celebrating Jesus and, and uh, singing great songs and just having a great time. Again, Saturday, December 23rd, Sunday, December 24th, services are going to be happening in both our South Sanctuary and across the street in our North Sanctuary. So you're currently sitting in our South Sanctuary. Services will also be happening across the street. Each one of the sanctuaries is going to have live worship and a live teaching. So no matter which of our two sanctuaries you are in, you're going to have a tremendous experience uh, for Christmas. Kids birth fifth through, excuse me, kids birth through fifth grade are also going to have a tremendous experience. They're going to be celebrating Christmas by celebrating a sweet KC Christmas. And so if you've got kids, little ones, friends, invite them to come and experience a sweet KC Christmas. Now, we have been asking you to help us uh, let us know which service you're coming to by filling out this RSVP card. So if you did not fill that out last week, would you grab that? That's either on your seat or in the seat back. Would you grab this card out? You can wave it around. Just let me know you have it. Uh, that way I know you're filling it out. I'm going to give you a little bit of time to do that right now. And this is just as a way of knowing what service you, your friends, your family might be coming to. This is not a ticket for you to come into Christmas services, but it helps us set the table for you and your friends and loved ones. So would you please fill this out? Also drop that in the offering bag, and uh, that way we know what service you're coming. You can also on this card indicate that you want to serve with us. It takes, as you might imagine, a lot of volunteers to make Christmas happen here at Christian Assembly. So please fill that out. Let us know you're interested in volunteering for either Kids Church or for our welcome team. Again, not a ticket, but just as a way of letting us know what service you and your friends are coming to. Well, also on your seats, there is a round card like this, and it says Christmas on it. You can grab that. You can fan yourself with it if it's too hot in the service. But you can also take it with you and give it away and invite someone to join you for Christmas services. You can give it uh, at your local coffee shop. You can give it away at your workplace. You can give it away to your neighbors. Point is, we want you to be inviting people to come and experience the goodness of Jesus on those services. So please take this with you. There's some more on the way out, by the way, if you want to grab some more and drop them off somewhere else. Well, uh, we are also entering the season of Advent, which actually officially begins tomorrow. And so we've created an Advent Bible reading plan for you to follow along with your family. What a great way for you to have devotion time with yourself, with your family, with your loved ones uh, around this Christmas season of Advent. So you can grab that reading plan that's out in the lobby and uh, you can follow along with us. It's also going to be on the CA app. So if you have the CA app and you follow the daily reading plan, that'll pop up on your app tomorrow. The Women's Christmas Gathering is happening this Wednesday at 7 o'clock. Ladies, are you coming? They're coming. Any other ladies coming? Yes, lots of ladies coming. Well, uh, <laughs> the Women's Christmas Gathering is happening this Wednesday, 7 p.m. Time of worship, playing holiday games, and hearing a message of hope found in the Christmas story. You can come at 7 o'clock, but I highly encourage you to come early. Because if you come at 5 o'clock, there is a taco dinner just for you, ladies. So come on out at 5 o'clock, get some free tacos, and then you can stay for 7 o'clock for the Women's Christmas Gathering. Or you can also just come to the service, which begins at 7 p.m. Well, we're going to continue in our time of worship uh, by giving of our tithes and offerings. And it's just one of the ways that we get to worship the Lord. And so as we do that, as we pre prepare ourselves and our hearts for that, I'm going to read some Bible over us. John chapter 1 verse 14 says the following. The word became flesh and dwelt amongst us, and we observed his glory, the glory as the one and only son from the Father, full of grace and full of truth. Would you pray with me?
Lord, thank you. We are ever grateful, Lord, for you coming and being with us, Lord, being our God. And we've seen throughout our lives how you've been faithful. And we've seen your goodness chase after us, Lord. We've sung of it, Lord. And now as we worship you in this real practical way, would you honor us as we do that, Lord, as we surrender our lives, as we surrender our hearts back to you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. We pray that you bless the rest of our time together. In Christ's name, amen. Ushers, you may come. Well, let me add my welcome to those that you've already received. If you're a visitor or guest, my name is Tom, and whether this is uh, maybe a friend invited you, a family member, maybe you just drove by and decided to come in, we're so honored that you're here. And uh, of course, my CA family, great to be with you as well. want to welcome all of you online as well, as well as those of you at the 1115 South service. Before we have our teaching for this weekend, which I'm really excited about. Want to give you a little kind of heads up of where we're headed uh, next after this weekend. Next weekend, we will launch a three-week series that will lead us right up into uh, the Christmas weekend that we've entitled Holy Moments When God Meets You Right Where You Are. And so we're going to look at how God meets us in our times when we're waiting for God to be at work in our life. Maybe we're praying for something. We haven't seen uh, God's breakthrough yet in that area. So that's going to be one of the weekends. Another weekend, we're going to look at those moments when we need courage to do what God wants us to do. And how does God come to meet us in those times? And then on the 23rd and 24th, we're going to look at how God meets us in every moment of our life. And, and we're going to kind of follow through in different seasons of life and see how God meets us. And uh, always love those services. The 23rd and 24th will be our candlelight services, which is always uh, just a joyful time together. This weekend is, is probably one of my most favorite weekends of the year. Um, we have the joy to get to hear from Julie Boyd, who I'm going to bring up in a moment. Uh, many of you will know her, but maybe not all of you, so I want to give you a little bit of our backstory with Julie. I've known Julie for over 20 years, but 19 years ago, uh, we sent her from our congregation here uh, to Kenya, and she went to Kenya to serve. Initially was serving with an organization called Empowering Lives International. And after serving a number of years with them, uh, God really broke her heart for those who were um, suffering from HIV AIDS or other health um, concerns. And she decided with God's leading to start an organization that is named or was named the Living Room uh, Ministries International. So that started um, in 2009. And we were part of that. And not of only partly, you know, praying and supporting Julie, but also when the, the first area, the first campus was built um, because of your all's generosity, we were able to give funds to help make that possible. Then in 2017, uh, the decision was actually made in December of 2016, but in 2017, we gave the largest single gift we've ever given as a congregation of $1.2 million to help build phase one of a second campus that is in Eldoret, which is a larger city in Western Kenya, um, to expand the work. And um, it really was only possible because of your ongoing generosity. And then from there, God has just continued to use it. Other churches have got involved and, and are giving. And now um, 100,000 Kenyans a year 
are receiving health care in Jesus' name because of what was birthed out of God's work through Julie, through her husband, Titus, through the uh, Tyrus family, David and Allison Tyrus, who are dear friends and kingdom partners as well. And, and we were part of that, and we are part of it. And so if you're brand new, if this is your very first time, I want you to know that backstory uh, because it shows how, how grateful for we are for our deep friendship with Julie and, and how we see God at work through our friendship together, both here in L.A. and in the other side of the world. So would you welcome with me Julie as she comes to speak. So Julie, would you come on up here? I love you, sir. And let, let's just pray. Uh, so, Lord, I, right now, I just pray for Julie, and I ask God you would bless her and keep her and make your face to shine upon her and give her your peace. I pray for her family as well. I also pray for the Tarus family, for all the leaders in Kenya and in the U.S., all the churches that are part of this. And, God, I ask that you would speak to us now from your word through Julie. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Hello, CA. It is also one of the highlights of my year to be able to come back and to be able to be with you all, to be able to share. Um, someone had asked me earlier today, do I get tired of speaking? And I said, well, when I'm coming to CA, I left here 19 years ago, and I feel as loved and supported and known as I did when I left. And so I feel it is the greatest privilege to be able to come back and to be able to share with you what you continue to be a part of, what you continue to support in the ways that you love my family and love me and pray for the community and the people that I get to serve amongst. And so thank you, Tom and Mark and the whole team for welcoming me and for sharing just pieces of the story that God has been so faithful leading, faithful leading um, day by day. I certainly, did, certainly didn't know when I left here in 2004 all the ways that God was gonna lead, and I still don't know all the ways that he's going to, but I feel so confident of his faithfulness and his goodness um, that we sang about tonight that is running after us and it's here in LA, it's on the other side of the world, and so I'm looking forward to sharing with you more about it tonight. I wanna speak um, from a passage in Matthew chapter five. It's a familiar passage to many of you. If you have your bulletins, it says, and seeing the multitudes, he went up on a mountain, and when he was seated, his disciples came to him, then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. On the day that Jesus climbed up the hill and sat down alongside those who had followed him up it, 
The people would have heard his words with awe and wonder, with surprise and hope. But to understand what Jesus was saying and who he was talking to, the setting of the day, it feels important to look a few verses previously in Matthew 4. So in Matthew 4, it talks about that Jesus is just beginning to preach and that his core message was this, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. In other words, turn around, pay attention, change your life, know you are loved and chosen by God. God's kingdom is not far away. It is here and it is now. And then it says, like Jesus so often did, he went for a walk around the lake and he encountered two sets of brothers. All were fishermen. Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew and then also James and John. Jesus extended an invitation to all of them to follow him, to come just as they were, and they did. And then the final verses of the chapter say that Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread all over Syria, and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those who were suffering severe pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures, and the paralyzed, and he healed them. Large crowds from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across the Jordan followed him which leads us back to Jesus sitting on a hillside, surrounded by people who were following him. Who were the people? There were unlikely fishermen, and then there were people coming to him who had been sick, who were sick, who were physically disabled, bodies filled with pain, people with mental illness, people with seizures, the paralyzed. Many of these people, they wouldn't have been considered useful or of value to their society. Instead, they were a burden to their families and communities. Many wouldn't have been able to hold jobs. They lived on the margins in abject poverty and were dependent on others for their daily survival. In these writings, Matthew points out that these are the people who flocked to Jesus, the sick and the poor, the uneducated, marginalized. There were crowds of them, and they followed him. And when Jesus sees the multitudes, the crowds who have gathered around, to these who are hurting, sick, disappointed, poor, he spoke to them words of blessing. The Greek word Jesus uses in these texts, it's used nine times, and it's the word makarios. It's an unexpected and somewhat bizarre word in this context. It doesn't easily translate into English, but it means happy, congratulations. It's not the same Greek word that's used to describe a blessing from God. It's more of like a salutation. Congratulations to you, makarios. Congratulations to the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. I don't believe that Jesus is saying poverty is a good thing, nor do I think that he is saying it's virtuous to be poor. This is not about toxic positivity or pretending numbing the very real struggles of the people who followed him up the hillside. 
Many of the people sitting in front of him or beside him, they've spent their whole lives feeling like there will never be enough, like they are not enough, like they may never be fully seen, known, or included. And Jesus is saying to them, blessed are you, the poor in spirit. The kingdom welcomes you. There is a place for you. You will not always be last. You will not always be overlooked. The word respect, it comes from the Latin word specter, which means to look, and re, which means, in this case, to do it again. So to respect another is to look again to see beyond the obvious labels that so often define who we are and who we are not. Instead of coming to quick conclusions about others, about ourselves, what if we begin to choose to pause and to look again to see the value hidden beneath the brokenness? At Living Room in Kenya, I have watched as people come to our beautiful hospital in the city of Eldoret, a place, CA, that you so generously helped to build. And I've heard the stories of how people have said things like, it's too nice, how could I possibly afford the care? It can't be for me. The world has conditioned them to know their position and place to not get their hopes up too high, and our team has the great privilege to say with respect and compassion, Karibu, welcome. You are seen, you are loved and worthy of it. Your wholeness, it matters to God. There is hospitality within Jesus' message, a guest and a host, a welcoming. And I'm still learning that nothing disarms our defenses, our pretenses as being welcomed, received as we are. Nothing expands our hearts, our homes as making room. We don't need fancy houses or perfect lives. We need God and we need one another. Living room and the larger Kenyan culture have taught me so much about the practice of welcoming and the way I envision Jesus' hospitality. Very early on, living room began to refer to our patients as guests, wageni, because we wanted them to be received and cared for with intention and honor. And I don't know if there's anything that's more diffusing than coming into a space, a hard, often unwanted place and learning, you are welcome here. This place, it was made for you. One of the beautiful things I've witnessed that I did not expect was when one of our guests, several of our guests, our patients, have shifted from being a patient to a host. And similar to how I think about Jesus' words of you, have, you who have been on the outside, there is room, not just for you to sit, but for you to belong here. Several of our staff at Living Room were once patients. They were once our guests, and it is something I didn't anticipate, but has occurred again and again. Patients are cared for by our team, loved in the mundane of each day. When some have recovered, they want to extend the same care that was given to them. 
And who better for us to listen and learn from than those who came through our doors with their own unique stories of suffering. Those who ate our food, lied in our beds, were bathed and had their dressings changed. Those who don't know living room simply as a vision, but instead have had a front row seat to the care provided day and night. Muthoni, a mother living with HIV. She was referred to Kimbilio because of an extensive, excruciating leg wound that just, it wouldn't heal. And it was so painful and she had so much psychological tormenting that she wanted to cut it off. She needed rest, proper nutrition and medication, and frequent dressing changes. She needed time, lots of it, for her leg to slowly heal. Our team encouraged her emotionally as day by day, they provided the physical care that she needed. Each morning, Muthoni, she positioned herself with her leg elevated to sit in the garden among the children who were guests, helping to hold them, play, and feed them. It wasn't required of her or even asked of her, but she did it with such love and kindness. By the time that Mudoni was ready to go home, we offered her a job to officially become a part of our caregiving team. Becoming a host to other guests at Kimbilio meant reminding them of their value and worth, warmly welcoming them and tenderly caring. It meant at times to be the powerful voice which says, I was once a patient too. I was sicker than you are, but I got better. It took a long time but I got better. God loves you. Don't give up. There's a place for us. Amen. And doesn't that sound like the good news Jesus was saying to the people on the hillside? Congratulations to you. I know the world has been hard and cruel. Your body has failed, but there's room for you, just as you are, to be welcomed. If you will let it, my love will transform you. This year, Muthoni's journey led once more from host to guest as she became seriously sick. Her colleagues were her caregivers once more. It's a humbling journey to need, to receive, to feel depleted, dependent, uncertain, and exposed. At the same time, to experience your identity as one who is rightly seen, known, and loved. And on the day Muthoni took her final breath, our team held on to one another tightly, and we wept. Congratulations to you who mourn, Jesus said. Not that grief and death is good, it isn't. He wept too. Death and loss and lament, it stings terribly. But congratulations to you. You will be comforted. I will be near to your broken heart. That's what God has promised us. And as we buried Muthoni's body into the ground, we sang with tear-stained faces one of the songs she used to sing with such boldness. We sang in Swahili. Kanamini usiku sana Usini achegiza nibwana Msaada wako haukomi Nilipeke yangu kanami Stay with me, the night is coming 
Lord, don't leave me as the darkness deepens. When other helpers fail and comforts flee, help of the helpless, you alone stay with me. Philip Yancey asks, where is God when it hurts? And we know one answer because God came to earth and he showed us. You need only follow Jesus around and note how he responded to the tragedies of his day. At moments of loss, Jesus never delivered sermons about judgment or the need to accept God's mysterious providence. Instead, he responded with compassion and comfort and healings. God stands on the side of those who suffer. Is anyone sad, depressed, anxious, grieving. You may be asking, where is God? And I want to remind you today, he is closer than you know. He is a comforter, a healer, one who suffers with. Friends, you who are sad today, there is room for you and your sadness. Blessed are the meek, the oppressed, the powerless, those living under injustice, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, those who don't have right relationships with God, others, themselves, those who just can't get it right, who just can't get it together, for they will be filled. I've had moments this year to sit alongside a guest of living room, a lady who came to us from the streets of a nearby slum. She was found and our team was reached out to. She had terrible wounds and was severely malnourished. And she couldn't speak and we didn't know who she was. And we searched to try and find her family. And over time, as we continue to love and care for her, she still doesn't speak but she sings day and night. Tender care brought out this music in her. Her repertoire consists of exactly two songs. A Swahili hymn that says, I am so glad that Jesus loves me. And a Luya song talking of the cross. She hits the arm of her chair as if it is a drum. And she sings to the beat of it, Alleluia, 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 Alleluia. Much like we sang tonight, she is singing Alleluia. I mostly listen, absorbing the weight of the words she sings. But sometimes I join in and sing Alleluia too. At Living Room, we make room for those who are weary and wounded to come. At times, that has included me. In the days and the seasons filled with doubt, discouragement, unanswerable questions, when there's tears and there is loss, I found the comfort of a community well-practiced in weeping with those who weep. Amid the brokenness, though, a song is quietly being hummed or sometimes shouted through the hallways of a love that is greater than death, a love that is greater than darkness, a love which is tender, personal, and kind. 
there's a tradition in Kenya culture called Harambe, which means all pull together. It's about coming together as a community to stand with one another as everyone is able in both good and hard times. And I see Harambe being practiced in living room, making room for one another and for the space for both sorrow and joy to sit side by side. I sit within it too, within my humanity, as a nurse and advocate for our patients, as well as a mama trying to navigate my children's healthcare needs, my own needs, as a follower of Jesus in the brokenness of now and the hope of what is still to come. Steve Reifenberg writes, accompaniment, it flips the impulse of how do we help them into an assertion of we are in this together. We need to walk together and learn together and maybe together with God as our help. We can envision and create better, more equitable tomorrows, both for the big issues over there and also in our daily lives, loving our neighbors, that is everyone as we love ourselves. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. In January, we officially opened Micah's guest house. It is as sacred as anything I've ever been a part of. And I want to give you a glimpse of what it is through a short video that's been created. Um, it's really incredible to be able to watch God's faithfulness as we step by step follow him. And CA, you have been a part, like in ways that I don't even know, in small ways, in big ways year after year standing with us. And so I want to show you one of the latest things that God is doing. The need for the guest house was evident to our team, to myself, before our family traveled 10,000 miles to Los Angeles for our boys to receive their bone marrow transplants and before a family so generously welcomed us. The people who come to stay in the guest house are the mothers who are traveling many miles. Chemotherapy in Eldred is majority's outpatient program. It was something that I thought at some point like we need to we need to offer this to families that children could come from far distances who are undergoing cancer treatment at a nearby government hospital, but they need a place to stay. And currently, they were sleeping on the floor of the government hospital in the corridors at night and then getting their chemotherapy in the day. And I just, as a mom who had slept beside my kids while they were receiving their chemotherapy, I just couldn't imagine that being um, okay. Without the guest house, I, I don't know if most of them would have even completed the treatment because the journey is long, the frustrations are many, the financial constraints, and having a place to sleep, a warm space to sleep, to have their children away from the needles, from the hospital environment, away from the doctors, it makes even healing possible. Micah's guest house is located on our 
Living Room Eldred campus. It's uh, about a five minute drive from the government hospital where these children are receiving their oncology services, their chemotherapy, their radiation therapy. The guest house has 64 beds in it and so we're able to take care of a child plus a parent or sometimes it's a sibling that accompanies the child and they've traveled from all over the country um, many hours and they need a place to stay. Almost every family that we serve in the guest house, they come from a low income background and we didn't want cost to be the prohibiting factor. We're offering the accommodation and the care that we provide to these families for free. It costs about $10 a day for the child and parent to stay with us, for us to be able to feed and care for them. And we just feel like that's something we want to be able to offer them and for it not to be another burden for them to have to think about. They ask a lot of questions. Why? Why me? Because majority of them, they think they don't deserve it. And we always say, all these have been done because somebody loves you and he cares for you. And when he, they hear that, for the first three or four days, they are watching if, really, is this, is this us? Even when they are given a room, a mother and a child, that they are not sharing with anybody else, they are sharing as a family, and they receive a meal, they receive warm water to shower. You can hear the mother knowing that somebody is thinking about them and is loving about them. Now we are giving children who are traveling from many miles uh, to get an opportunity to be there, to be served very early in the morning. We don't control whether these kids will survive, will be cured of their cancer, but we can make this season of treatment one where the families know that they aren't alone, know that they are seen and loved, and that's the opportunity that we feel like we have. As we enter this Advent season, I'm struck again by the words around Jesus' birth. It says in Luke, Mary gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. What an incredible privilege it feels like God's kingdom coming near to be able to say to a mom and a dad and their baby with cancer, there is a guest room for you. Come and rest, stay as long as you need. A few weeks after the guest house opened, a gospel choir from Nairobi came to visit. And before going into the building, a 10-year-old who was a guest of the guest house, she leaned against her mom so she could walk towards the music. Although she was weak from the treatment, as well as her advancing cancer, she wanted to sing too. When they reached the room from where the music came, this little girl sat down next to her mom and requested for her favorite song. Her vo voice was barely audible. Imba Nashukuru Mungu sing thank you God 
As the choir began to sing her song, Chameli was her name, she joined in. Her mom's tears flowed freely as she, too, sang along. To bless is to bridge, K.J. Ramsey writes. A blessing is a bridge to belonging, built right in the place we feel separated from hope. Words of blessing. Congratulations to you, Jesus said. Bring us back to the beautiful truth of being human, of being loved by God, of being seen and known and welcomed. Friends, we live in the space between where we have the hope of Jesus' birth, his life and teachings, his death and resurrection, and we long for the day when all things will be made new. In the meantime, we must be careful to not allow the illusion of abundance to disguise the true cravings of our weary souls. May newness break the tired patterns of fear in our lives, leaving room for the invitation that continues to invite. Come on in, all who are weary, you who are thirsty, come to the waters. You who have no money, come, buy and eat. You are loved and blessed and welcome here. Congratulations to you. I want to close by praying a prayer that I often return to. So let's pray. Living God, visit us with your Holy Spirit that we may get carried away to do obedient things we have not yet done, kingdom things we did not think we had in us, neighbor things from which we may cringe, May you act in us, through us, beyond us, more than we imagine, because newness is on its way among us. In Jesus' name, we pray and we believe. Amen.